Hello and welcome back to Film and Other Drugs. Um, Happy New Year. We're finally back after quite a long break, but um, yeah, sorry about that, just due to schedules and starting a new year is always a bit chaotic. I don't know if if the same for you or... Absolutely, yeah. It's it, I needed that little break, so I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for your patience. <laughs> yeah. um, but we hope you'll rejoin us all um, for season three of Hannibal, and hopefully we've got some other things coming in this year. So, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so season three starts off pretty beautifully, I'd say. I remember writing, it's probably the sexiest season. Um, so it's, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to mention it, you're back with Nora and Selma. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very out of uh, you know practice, but yeah, Selma, would you like to introduce or um, sorry, talk about episode one? Sure. All right. So episode one gets us started off with uh, Hannibal, and he is, um, I believe, he starts off in Florence, but then it moves to Italy. So according to the summary, it says. Hannibal Lecter has settled down in Italy with Bedelia Dumar. I can't say that last name, Dumarier, under the identity of the museum curator, Dr. Fell, and his wife. Circumstances go awry when a former friend of Dr. Fell's visits and finds all is not as it seems. So, yeah, so the very first scene in the episode, we meet up with uh, Dr. Fell and his friend. Never really get to meet Dr. Fell other than seeing him, you know, over other people's heads at the party that Hannibal walks in on. He's very bold of him to show his face there. And yeah. uh, I-, I was like, that's unnecessary, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I-, I remember thinking it really felt like he was hunting. Yeah. Like, um, I'm more than sure that he already knew, like, who his target was, so to speak. Yeah. But it was very odd to me that he would... I guess, throw caution to the wind like that. It just seems he is very bold and he has very sure of himself and his abilities that he's just going to do this despite many people seeing him. Uh, But I don't think he counted on what was his name? Dimond, I think was his name. Yeah, Dimond. Yeah, showing up and automatically feeling absolute attraction for Hanny because you saw how he looked at him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I didn't think of that, but yes. Yeah, that was, uh, he was immediately drawn to Hannibal. He could not help himself, made a beeline right for him, and was more than eager to meet him and figure out who he was and what he was doing there, and if he knew Dr. Fell and how he knew him, like, wow, this guy is really uh, nosy. (laughs) Yeah, oh, gosh, he was very nosy. And yeah, you're right, I think anyone that gets too close to Hannibal ends up wounded or dead or something you know oh yeah it's um, quite it's quite the uh, risk to get be, become friends with Hannibal <laughs> yeah and and I think um just what you were saying about Hannibal throwing caution to the wind kind of thing it does feel like in this in these opening episodes he's very reckless and yes. it's almost like he's still mad he's still angry yeah like- and he's just he wants Will to come find him, I think. I think so, yeah. Like, it, we finally get to that point. I think, it, was it in episode three that it kind of becomes obvious that he's trying to get caught? Yeah. Um, but, like, at this point, I don't, like, 
maybe he knows. I think he does. I, I can't imagine that he hasn't been keeping tabs on what's going on back home as far as whether or not his victims have died, you know? So he right, must yeah. know that Will is still alive, which yeah. would explain the way he's acting, which is quite erratic, if yeah. you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he's over-exaggerating the, the pleasures of being in Italy and um, creating this almost fantasy life for him and Bedelia but it's just too good to be true. It's like, this is going to crash and burn very quickly. Yes. Um, but yeah, because just because of the way he's behaving. It was, I found it interesting seeing him in his um, motorbike jacket or mm -hmm. bike jacket. It felt like he was between person suits. Yeah, like, you're right. It was kind of out of character to see him dressed that way. It was so mm -hmm. casual, I guess you could say yeah so yeah it was uh different to see him that way and you would think i mean he walking into that place he was not going to fit in with that crowd so he was going to stick out like a sore thumb and he still didn't care he still walked in there yeah i i, I thought that was very not smart on his part <laughs> Right, yeah. I, I really, I, it, like you said, it just it doesn't fit in with what we know of Hannibal. He's always very, he seems to, I think, I think when he is settled in a place, he starts to um, be more careful, perhaps, but yeah, maybe yeah. it's because he knew he was going to move on or something. And also he'd been there before, but we find that out later, that yeah. he'd been in Italy, or he was, he was, he's going home in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I love the. Oh, sorry, okay. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to move on to the. Just moving forward onto the, the black and white shots. I'm not sure. Oh, if yes. Watched. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I found that interesting. I think the first time I watched season three was confusing. And I didn't really like the chop and change. But, you know, years later, watching it again, I'm like, I actually really like this format of storytelling. Um, it was so engaging. I actually almost yeah. forgot to start writing notes <laughs> when we were watching it. I was like, oh, crap, I should be writing some notes um, because it was just so fun to watch maybe the scenes that we didn't understand because they were kind of in the background or they weren't uh, included in the last season, but they're taking place in you know, what occurred in the last season. And that was so interesting to see like some backstory things that we didn't know were going on at the same time, you know, him and um uh Gideon, right? That's his name. Yeah. Uh their their times together, the way they spoke to each other over meals of his own flesh. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> over over lengthy amount of time it was interesting seeing that. I wonder if they knew they were gonna include that. Did they film it with at, you know, during the season two filming or later? It was it was interesting. Yeah. It was almost like they were extra scenes that they didn't include and then they decided to throw in but I'm, I'm sure it's not that unplanned that's insane yeah but what? as a viewer i mean sorry as a viewer i was just gonna say like it it was so nice to get more depth on season two yes and it kind of gave us because i feel like the previous two seasons we didn't really understand what a monster he is, you know? Right. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're very beguiled, you know, because he's very charming. And, of course, you know, mm -hmm. we're seeing him through the eyes of these people who don't know all his secrets, right? Yeah. So in this season, it's 
those people aren't involved. So we're not looking at him through their perspective. This is just Hannibal. And it is quite chilling to see how he really acts towards his victims when it's just them two, you know? And it was kind of kind of like a cold shower <laughs> in some points to see how absolutely cold he is towards his um lambs i guess you could say <laughs> yeah he is it's 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 a very chilling season it's very terrifying um i i kind of don't have any i, I feel like upon rewatching just the, the show in general i feel less towards hannibal uh, less like positive emotions yeah. um with season three it just takes a very dark turn and it's you, you just feel like you've been tricked as a viewer as well maybe yeah mm -hmm. this man has manipulated or the director has manipulated us into having some po positive affection for this person but really he is just he sees himself as some he's not human right he, Feels like a demon in this season. Mm -hmm. Even it, even season two flashback when um, Will is being gutted. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that his eyes seemed very vacant and like just black? It was I know it was like just the lighting, but when they sh when they pan to Will, you could see his pupils quite clearly. But with ha with um, Hannibal, it was like almost like they were empty. It was weird. Yes, it seemed less romantic in this season versus seeing the same scene in last season. Yeah. Um, and I say romantic because really how romantic can you be during a murder scene? But um, Right. <laughs> but yet, you know, it, we're still drawn by the things that they were saying. But in this time, they were saying the same things. It was the same scene. But you could tell mm. that for Hannibal, you know, the betrayal was so deep for him and and they go into this you know he there's a big uh, theme overarching theme here of betrayal and judas um but the way that he talks to to will about you know i sh I, I showed you me like what did he say um, i let you see me i let you see me and it was it was kind of like he was closing that door or bringing down that shade so that he couldn't see him anymore. Or you could see his walls coming back up, basically. Yeah. And I, I think that's what the impression we were supposed to get from that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really good, um, like, sort of jumping off on that. Time really does allow a person to have a different perspective on a previous event. Like, like, you know, we're not saying that it was romantic, right? We're not, we're not glorifying it. But in season two, there is more of an element of, like, they are the only two that understand each other. And, like, the, you know, will they or won't they? Yes. Um, what side is Will on? But in this season, it's all, it's, it's, like, much clearer, you know, with the flashbacks, with, you know, seeing darker parts of Hannibal and stuff. And also visiting his past like um I, I don't know her name but Chia like in, in the later episodes when when Will comes to Italy or when the policeman talks about Il Monstro it, it it seems like 
it's talk it's sorry it's referencing this idea of like trauma events seeming more traumatic sometimes or more you have a more actually maybe not traumatic we have a more neutral view of someone over time because you see things clearly i think i think in the moment it's hard to like the rose-colored glasses have been removed kind of thing where it's like yeah yeah we're not we're not looking back on it with rose-colored glasses we're looking back on it with 2020 vision and it's like yikes (laughs) yeah exactly we are our rose-colored glasses have been taken off as well but it does seem like hannibal is still he doesn't seem to be the kind of person who has um normal emotions or no yeah this is really interesting as to how they're trying to portray a person who is obviously a sociopath obviously a cannibal so he views people in a very different way than most would think you know and it's almost like a farmer views his this is like something that i keep like coming into my mind at least but he looks as at people like food right so it's like a farmer like a pig farmer would maybe look at his pigs yeah and you know harking back to what's his face um verger you know he's also a pig farmer um but it, it was you can see how he struggles because of that because of the way he views people and for the first time, maybe, I don't know, um, he's let someone in and looked at them not as food. And then this happens. So he's struggling with that because he never lets anybody in anyway. So this is like very new to him. So to yeah. see him struggle with, you know, these feelings of, of pain and loss for a human who he usually doesn't look at that way has mm. is it's interesting to see him. To kind of process that yeah yeah seeming to flip between betrayal and anger and then there doesn't seem to be a, a rational response to um or like a normal person response to be- like pain it definitely yeah. seems to be well if someone's rude to him he eats them so mm-hmm. what will he do if someone has betrayed him like that yeah. is you know it's it, I, I really do want to talk about um where I think it was the ending of episode three in a bit, maybe not right now, but he says something to Bedelia that made me think, wow, like processing emotions for him is so like it's so so tied into eating, mm-hmm. yeah, subsuming another person's being or soul. I don't know. Well, speaking of Bedelia, you know, she's mm. she's kind of his little kept lamb, <laughs> you know, I feel so she's bad terrifying. for her. She is. I'm just oh, like looking at the trauma. <laughs> she is just like, you know, I am going to drink this sweet wine and I'm going to drink it all the time. No problem because I can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> the Her face, like when he's constantly like, because like we were saying, you know, he's really become very open, like not open, but just not as um, careful. And you can see it in Bedelia's face when she's having to kind of deal with him and the way he talks to people. She's the only one that knows what's happening, you know? So she's just sitting there or standing there looking absolutely annoyed. 
Like she she plays the part of wife very well because she's annoyed with her husband constantly and it's hilarious. <laughs> no, um I I love Bedelia in this in this season. She is great for just we get to see Hannibal like the whole time we were Bedelia because no one else knew. Yeah. But she gets to be our reaction within the show. <laughs> like the way she's acting, I'm like, oh my god, or like yes. or she goes from annoyed to like, oh whatever, or- okay, just kill him then. Yes. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I just feel like she is the audience in some ways. Because he's just keeping her around, even though, you know, he's getting he's fattening her up for, you know, a big meal later, I guess. It's it's mm. so much. <laughs> it feels so bad for her. Um it, I thought it was really interesting to see the scene, which what I assume took place immediately after he gutted Will and he ran away or walked away and went straight to Bedelia's house. I had a question. Did he know she would come there? Did he beckon her there? Did she know he was there when she went back to her house? Because she had abandoned the house. Like, why else would she go there? You know what I mean? She seemed to be prepared, you know, with a gun. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was ready. And But that makes me think, because he looked surprised. Like, he didn't know she was going to show up. Right, it was an empty house to him to, like, uh-huh. but- Right. Why, how did she know? I mean, I, I think they have a really, I think this season, the opening season, shows us that they're a lot more connected than we thought. Because they're, yeah, oh, they're therapist. she's a therapist, but, and there was some odd thing that happened with one of, uh, um, a client or a, a patient they both knew or saw. Mm-hmm. But this, I feel like she is like a backup will. Yeah. A little bit. Kind of like she was his first will. I don't know if there was any others. I mean, I guess you can say that Ch- uh, Chio was also another will. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand their their seems relationship. To yet. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's pets, so to speak. You know, an animal that you don't eat, so a dog or a yeah. cat. <laughs> you know, they're on a different like level or class, but he could eat them. He just is a bit fond of them or the way that they think, maybe. I don't know how he forms these more than food-human relationships. <laughs> it's so messed up. But yeah. yeah, I don't either. I'm not really sure how he's choosing them. Is it because they are drawn to him? Is it because he draws them to him? Or is it just kind of a mutual kind of thing that brings them together? I don't know. I wonder if maybe it was kind with Bedelia, at least if it was, I think it's all like opportunistic, even for all of them, Will and perhaps uh, Chio as well. But it's like something happens, he's in the situation and they happen to, I guess, tick all the boxes that he needs for companionship. So he just keeps them around specifically. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Will did mention that um, he has this ability to have multiple trains of thought and and focus on them equally, and there's always one that's for his own amusement about Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And that made me, you know, that that connects with what you're saying because he could care for them, but then also find them like toys, or I guess 
it seems that he can hold complex feelings for one person all at once, ones that may might display a sense of disrespect. Like if we were to feel that about someone, we'd be like, well, I just don't respect you. But it seems like he can look down on someone and at the same time see potential in them and see them as an almost like a you know human and then I, I don't know I, sh- I wonder if if he's so detached from other people that he can only ever feign attachment mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense Possibly. I it does because like he, he it's not like he I think he wants to be close to these people and he knows what it like how it looks to be close to someone but I think it's very hard for him to actually feel close to someone. Yeah. And I I think Will was his first foray into actually feeling close and I think that's why the betrayal hurts so much. Yeah. Like, I think he really thought he found someone cuz like with Bedelia, with Chio, both of them, they were unwilling to want to kill because that was something that he really, it's kind of like a rite of um, passage or a way of testing them to make sure that they are, I guess, up to being with him. Like you, I guess, because he wants you to eat with him, you know? So you have to be okay with murder. And neither yeah. of them were, but will made him think he was and will kind of did want to kill he had his issues but was it because he's like that because he's like Hannibal or was it because he's so empathetic that he can have those feelings and I think that's what was stressing him out you know having this kind of like he kept losing himself in Garrett Jacob Hobbs you know and that's what was torturing him was am I like him do do I want do I want to kill you know the same way he did and it was really like hurting him to think that way and Hannibal was encouraging it he wanted him to believe that he does think that way because he wants him to be his murder husband basically you know you know I think experienced enough to know if someone is um truly has that potential yeah and truly could want that or is just you know being that is just empathizing and perhaps you know i'm sure there are other people like will who can kind of assume perspectives without losing themselves or without but i think it's because will truly didn't know that hannibal fell for or believed in um will Will's ability to become a murderer and I think Hannibal had to take that leap of faith but but it wasn't unwarranted I think he genuinely saw like I don't think he was he was trying to manipulate a normal person like I think he knew that Will was something special right and wasn't just any criminal profiler that could assume um criminal's perspective or have empathy was will's extreme sense of empathy and yeah i I, I mean and i don't know maybe he just didn't care if will lost himself or maybe he just felt like will didn't have a self to begin with possibly yeah that's true like an empty vessel or blank canvas and he kind of leapt at that yeah like a lump of clay that he could mold into his 
own vision or his own yeah. likeness you know he he yeah. wanted oh, 100% make- his own likeness there's so many references to god and like even will talking about hannibal as if hannibal's god <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and when you're talking about someone like that you might have a crush on them <laughs> you might you might have a, a slight um you know affinity for that person absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I thought that uh, that whole scene with Dimond when he brought him back, like, that guy was an idiot. Like, how could you, okay, so you come to uh, Italy and you see this man pretending to be, who you've met before, pretending to be the man that you disliked. And you think, hmm, that's my kind of dude? Really? <laughs> yeah, he's have to die. <laughs> He's like, I mean, he literally told him, I'm cool with what you did. I didn't like him anyway. And it's like, okay, so yeah. So now you told him that you know he did something. So he knows that you know. And he, you know what he's capable of. Like, wow, that guy, he's not firing with all cylinders, that one. Yeah, he was like, I guess if you're feeling what I'm feeling, then I'm running. It was just, yeah, I can already see what you're saying about him having a crush on Hannibal now. That was probably what he felt. There was this line that I found quite funny. Um, Hannibal says, morality doesn't exist, only morale does. I think he said that to Gideon. Oh. I had to pause. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> he truly is just in the moment. Like, it's about the wine, it's about the food, it's about life, it's not about how this comes to be. It's just that it is He's very, know. very hedonistic. It's it's yeah. all about what makes him feel feel good, what looks good, what smells good, what tastes good. What else is there? Mm. You know. Yeah. So what, he's it's almost like he's, he's quite nihilistic. He's like, well, death. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. You know. I think. I wonder if you can get to that point where you don't believe in heaven, you don't believe in hell, or like you don't give a fuck, and you're just like. You ha- you desire so much control that you're willing to kill people and create your own world, and it's like you know that is dangerous, a dangerous place to be. Like I'm I'm I wonder if other you know true crime like psychopaths and stuff have ever felt that like it just doesn't matter what I need matters. Like whether it's to have sex with a corpse or collect you know body parts. Yeah, whatever it is, I I don't watch enough true crime to know enough motivations, but that is so, it's just so crazy. I, I, I do. <laughs> I watch a lot of true crime stuff, and I have to tell you, the this type of motivation, it's pretty rare. Like, it's not, oh. that's why there's, you know, a whole fan clubs for these dudes, because they're like rock stars. In the whole realm of, you know, crime, I guess you could say, because it's like for a person to be a sociopath or a psychopath or both, um, it's just and then for them to go out and purposely kill people for the joy of it, you know, that that isn't something that happens very often. A lot of times crimes are done with motivations that are completely human, very passion jealousy rage 
revenge, like all those, those are all normal reasons that a person would do something that they shouldn't do, right? But to yeah. do it out of joy or to do it because it feels good, like that's not, that's, I mean, that's basically why everybody is on the edge of their seats for a motivation for this Idaho killer right now. The guy that killed those four kids um, in the at, at the college in Idaho. Nobody knows why he did it. They don't know. They didn't. Did he know them? Nobody can see any connection between him and any of his victims. And he he was. <laughs> this will be funny because it actually kind of uh, ties into the show. But he was going to college and he was getting his doctorate in uh, criminal psychology. So he was. It's almost like a will situation where well it's kind of well i i think that's my theory that it's kind of like a will situation because it's like did he go into criminal psychology because he was already a sociopath interested in murder or was he in criminal psychology and did he get kind of curious about murder to the point where he finally just had to do it for himself you see what wow. i'm saying yeah, 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 I need to look that up, but I didn't know that. <laughs> it is very interesting. People are wondering up and down why this guy did that, but it's it's the same thing because of the fact that it's not a common motive, you know? So I would say that we can move on to episode two. Uh guess i can read it out for you let's see it unless would you like to read it yeah sure um so episode two is called primavera i also really love the titles of this season's episodes um, oh yeah i forgot the first one was antipasto which is so very um perfect <laughs> yeah um so yeah primavera will graham awakes from his coma and begins to piece together the events that took place after the, the bloodbath at lecter's home he sets off for Italy and on her arrival draws suspicion from Inspector Rinaldo Pipazzi, who 20 years earlier pursued a Florentine killer known as Il Mostro, and after reading Will's file, believes that Hannibal Lecter and Il Mostro are one and the same. Pipazzi tries to enlist Will's help in catching Hannibal, but Will warns that he is unsure of where his own allegiance lies. I thought that was interesting. And in light of how, you know, we talked about the first episode and how um, we're seeing the first episode is different because nobody except Bedelia from the old seasons or the previous seasons shows up. Right. So right. we're on just looking at Hannibal through Hannibal's perspective. Everything is from Hannibal's view. And it's like we said, very chilling. So now we go back to Will and all of a sudden. For me, at least, I see Will very differently this season because when he says he's not sure where his own allegiance lies, it for me, it cements that it has always been that way. You know, he wasn't really, maybe he was playing a game, but he was playing a game with himself last season where, you know, when it was like, is he on Will, is he on Hannibal's side? Is he on Jack's side? I think he didn't know either. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he's been through so much and his actions have confused him, himself and maybe he is just finally 
I think the rest of like all the rules and laws and all these things and right and wrong have finally just dissolved and it's less about that and more about getting closure on his relationship with Hannibal and um maybe see what you're saying yeah it's like the pretext is gone you know this isn't about it's not about um I guess getting any kind of or proving that he's a good person anymore it's not about that yeah it's about his feelings for Hannibal and I think he finally came because of that scene you know where he tells him I let you see me he realizes that Abigail was still alive and that Hannibal had actually didn't kill her and that his plan was to run away together with her I think that changed things for him I think he finally understood now that the love that they had for one another was real and was something that he wasn't um I guess not he wasn't making it up in his own head you know but do you think he feels that love for Hannibal I think that he does hmm. I think he does I think I think he realizes that he does want to be with Hannibal even though he shouldn't and I think you know he's he's not really going to admit that to Jack or anybody else right like he, he says he wants to bring him back he wants to catch up but I don't I don't think he sees himself as innocent anymore that's what I think I think he feels immense, immense guilt for what happened to Abigail in the end. I mean, even him um, sort of seeing her alive and then mm-hmm. realizing, you know, she's not actually alive anymore. Um, and having conversations with her, she seems to be the bit that, the part of his mind that loves Hannibal. Because it, yeah. it, it always felt like Abigail was a, a metaphor or a symbol for that give give Hannibal a chance type thing because she essentially trusted Hannibal or in some way had a relationship with Hannibal that was a lot more open before Will did um I I don't know like I thought it was really interesting you made the comparison between uh Bedelia and Abigail in the scene where Bedelia is shown like on the floor I guess after she had struggled with her I don't understand how she killed that man, by the way. Uh, the, the, her. The patient who swallowed his own tongue or something? Is that what happened? Because I just see her all the way up to her elbow in that man's throat. Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, um, the official report eventually becomes, oh, he swallowed his own tongue. I, I actually don't remember. There was something going on there. Or well, he attacked her and then in, in the, in the fight, yeah, I don't know. It's just odd, like, how did she even get in that position? But that's that's besides the point. What I was saying yeah. was that I thought it was really interesting that you made the comparison between Abigail and Bedelia and their reaction to how they murdered someone, right? And, of course, for both of them, who's there to pick up the pieces, if not Hannibal? And right. I thought that, that was very interesting as far as understanding the relationship that Bedelia and Hannibal have 
to what Abigail and Hannibal had. And I think that it was like a surrogacy kind of thing. Like, I think he was replacing Bedelia with Abigail because with Abigail comes Will, you know? Yeah. Two for one deal. Yeah. It, um, it, it is, it is, they, they do become a family quite quickly or just connected. And he, Hannibal uses Abigail to string Will along this path of destruction. And I think it breaks him when he sees her alive and then killed like two seconds later. Yeah. Like that's traumatic. Um, and I think, I think it's like, you know, when you go back to your abuser to like get some kind of healing from them, but that doesn't work because they end up hurting you again. It's almost like Hannibal dangled this sense of like, I'm not bad. I made a place for you and me and Abigail. And Will's made to feel bad about that. Yeah. And it's I, just so horrendous that he does that. I've, I I wrote here, I just realized it's like uh, the part where he says, I don't know where they got all this. It, it was It was when Hannibal was talking to Will after he gutted him, something about uh, changing somebody and Will's like, you know, I already changed you kind of thing. Yeah. And I wrote that I was like, so much carnage because Will hurt him. He, he being Hannibal could have just left. He could have escaped with or without Abigail, but he stayed, he stayed and risked his life, risked getting caught to get revenge because of the betrayal that he felt. And I thought that was very telling. really fit in with the whole like psychopath thing or maybe it does i don't know i don't really I haven't studied them but do they have such strong emotions that they're willing to like i don't know i think it's kind of like imprinting you know it's like he imprinted himself onto will he now will is his. <laughs> yeah like he opened himself up to him and he to, for will to turn around and throw that back in his face or to betray him despite everything that they thought that they had, you know, together. And I think that, I think that was difficult for Hannibal, even as a psychopath, if not more so because he's a psychopath, that it like his reaction to that betrayal is different than it would be for somebody who isn't, you know, cause like I'm saying, he could have left, he could have just left, escaped, never gotten caught. Nobody would know where he was, but he, felt so strongly about Will that he had to, I guess, display how hard he was. Yeah. And even after leaving and potentially having murdered Abigail and Will, he's still processing it, like how to forgive Will. Yeah. Because I know he knows he's alive, you know, and that's why this whole thing is, I feel like he's just make, making all these kind of blunders without realizing he's making blunders, of course, but he's not being careful because he's still in the throes of despair over Will. And we find that out, you know, at the end of the episode when he does what he does with Dimond. Yeah. His body. It was Dimond's body, right? That he used to put in the cathedral. Pretty sure. I yes. Think so it was was definitely a victim of Hannibal. Yeah. 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 Because that other guy with the ice pick 
think that's in episode three. That was such a yeah. That that comes later. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So this is elegance is more important than suffering. As something I wrote, uh, it said, "Defying God is Hannibal's idea of a good time." So true. Because <laughs> it's like, as long as God would deem it bad, Hannibal wants to do it. It's what it seems like. <laughs> Yes, I agree, but also no, because it, I mean, like, it's, I think he, because yes, I agree with that, but then he also says something like, oh, when a church roof falls on a, a bunch of churchgoers, God would find that funny, or God would laugh, or something like that. Yeah, so I, like, I agree. Is God on Hannibal's side, or is he not? Like, right, I think he sees God as like a companion to him, like, he's a God too. So he sees what God does, and he's like, well, if God can do it, so can I. And if it's okay for God to do it, it's okay for me to do it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he doesn't actually see himself as, um, uh, what's it called? Like, human? Right, exactly. So he's not one of God's creations in his mind. He is, that's like his, uh, I guess, uh, contemporary, you know? They're they're not partners, but they both do the same thing kind of thing. They have the same job and they're gods and they choose who lives and who dies. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that God complex thing or the whole narcissism thing is um it it must be huge with psychopaths, right? It's like part of the, the Trinity or the whatever it's called, the dark triad thing. Yeah, the grandiose, the uh the self aggrandate and aggrandization of themselves yes they're very um they they do see themselves as some sorts of gods at least in their own little world yeah i mean i mean i can understand it to an extent i mean if you if you don't have normal reactions to things and you start to notice the difference between you and other people and you're able to kill without feeling guilt or whatever then surely you must, on some level, be like, well, I was put on this earth not for what everyone else was put on this earth for, because I'm, I'm different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And therefore, like, I have the right. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because what, what doesn't give us the right if, if not our, like, you know, um, conscience? I think that's the thing that tells us not to do something. Um, and yes. the law and stuff. But then if they don't have that, then they must feel righteous in on some level like like a bunch of the um the the killers that they had on the killer of the week version of the show on season one uh -huh. like the guy with the who strings up his victims into angels you know oh uh, yeah yeah he did see himself as some sort of like uh, god warrior or something <laughs> yeah yeah mm. i thought it was very interesting when he was talking um to the oh what's his name i don't remember is it written here ronaldo yes inspector ronaldo pazzi so he's talking to him this was after they discovered the body of um dimond inside the cathedral shaped like a heart and he tells him uh ronaldo pazzi tells will he lets you know him he sent you his heart and I said, is Hannibal's crush common knowledge at this point with Will? <laughs> oh my god, oh it's embarrassing. 
That's so cringe, but yeah. That's, that's what I wrote. I'm like, LOL, cringe. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like almost like the the world's most extreme like ex-girlfriend reaction or ex-partner reaction. Like are you you're literally killing people because you're mad. You're insane. Like <laughs> it's just Oh my I, god. I know, because it's like, okay, so we're already, like, we are halfway around the world, and they know what's happening here. Like, they understand that Hannibal's communicating with this person because Will is, like, you know, he was part of the, the, the whole investigation in America. So I'm sure that Ronaldo Pazzi is reading all of everything that there is coming out of that, that case. Because this has to do with his, he, he well, he he assumes that it's the same El Monstro, so he must have read everything. And I'm wondering what they put in that uh, report, investigative report about Will and Hannibal, and what was going on between the two of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Ooh. And then, okay, so at that point, he goes searching for Hannibal in the catacombs underneath that that cathedral. Yeah, and it what was. What does he say? Of, like, I I forgive you, or what does he say? Like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so at first he's running, right? Or he's running around looking for him, and Ronaldo Pazzi's in there, you know, trying to talk to him too. And that's when he tells him, you know, I'm not sure. Like, you don't know whose side I'm on. That's what he tells the the investigator. And I was like, wow, that's that's very telling, you know, because you don't want. I mean, why wouldn't you want to talk to Patsy? Why? Because he is not somebody that you can control like Jack, you know, as far yeah. as how, how, whether he's, he could help catch Hannibal, but he doesn't want to, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to catch him. Yeah. I feel like he was done working with police. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's what was so funny. Cause like, okay, so he sends away Patsy and he's, like he finally catches up to Hannibal or he thinks he has and he says out loud I forgive you and I was like so you're saying that the sacrifice that he made of this man's body in this cathedral worked oh (laughs) yeah it's crazy it's like almost like they're just as fucked up as each other well not really as but like that's what kind of put the hammer in the nail or the nail in the hammer for me because it was like okay so yeah you are you are on Hanny's side even though you're lying to yourself and everybody else your heart is with Hannibal (laughs) or maybe he's doing all this to catch him (laughs) maybe maybe I don't know I don't know and I think that's the point I think is to keep you wondering Cause... Yeah, even till the very end, we're still wondering. <laughs> um, Give me season four. <laughs> yeah, right. We need season four. We need one where they're like off sunning away together, killing people together. <laughs> I, I think oh. I think it's interesting that like the end of. Well, I don't want to ruin another show, but because I don't know how we're gonna format the review of the other shows. But this kind of. Um, story has been told before a little bit, you know, it's not uh-huh. as great as ever, but um, in other shows, maybe it's clearer at the end, and I, and I wonder why it's not as clear for this show. Maybe it's because they got cancelled and they didn't have the time to wrap things up. 
I wonder, did they know they were getting canceled before yeah. the end, last episode of this show? I can't, I don't know. Sure. I feel like they have to tell them, right? Like, they have to be like, you're getting like, picked up or not again. I, I'm not mm, sure, actually. Perhaps. But, um, but then again, I think without an element of either a cliffhanger, a literal cliffhanger, <laughs> <laughs> or like some kind of, oh, they, they, they got together, but then it, it got ruined some other way. I feel like there's never been a show where, even with Buffy, like her and Spike, I don't know if you've seen Buffy, but like, I don't know. The, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, why, why does that have to happen? Like, why is there no happy ending? I know, I know. You know, and it's so funny that we kind of bring this up because I sit here and I'm like, I wonder if Fuller was inspired by Villanelle and that story to do the twist on this show the way he has. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's a book before, right? Right. And I don't think the book goes any way like this. <laughs> like, not exactly. No. Oh, no, that reminds me. I need to read the book to be happy. <laughs> like, to... <laughs> I <laughs> get closure on that show. I remember watching and being like, okay, well, I'm, you know, someone on Twitter was like, the book's already different at the end. And it's like, oh, okay. Yes. Cool. I totally plan on reading the book for both Hannibal and the Villanelle series. I do want to read those too. Cause they, they seem worth reading, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can go on to episode three, which closes out this viewing. So it's called uh, Secondo. Will Graham travels to Lithuania, where he gains a new ally in his search for Hannibal Lecter. Once there, Will meets the mysterious Chio, former attendant to Hannibal's aunt. Oh, that's who she is. Okay. Meanwhile, Jack Crawford arrives in Italy, hoping to find Will. So Will went on his own, and Jack went following him. Okay. Uh, and intervene before tragedy strikes again. And Bedelia warns Hannibal against unraveling his new life. Okay. All right. So episode three, what did you think? It's to get a bit, you know, exciting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Hannibal in this episode with Bedelia, just too funny. When he's like, well, technically you killed him. And then he goes, well, technically, I can only claim one, technically. And I'm just like... <laughs> Hannibal is so funny in this season. I know. Because he's so reckless. There's no serious, like, person suit. It's just, yeah, I'm a killer and everyone knows it. Like, yeah. Basically, I think after we realized, you know, that he did that, I guess, sacrifice, you know, to Will to get his attention. And we kind of then start understanding. Because the whole first episode, we don't know if Will's alive. We don't know anything. And then second episode, that's when we finally figure it out. So by this time, we now understand Hannibal's, I guess, mindset from the start of the season. And why it's all getting kind of crazy is because of the fact that he knows that Will is still alive. And it is burning him up inside that he can't be with him. Honestly, I think that's why. <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, I don't know. I've just, it just reminds me of the whole, you know, the Mean Girls thing we we're talking about, like the teenage, um, tropes. Uh -huh. It's like that, but just with the murder spin on it. Because <laughs> we, oh yeah, we, we, have you seen Jennifer's Body? No, I actually just wrote that down in the list of movies I was showing you. I wrote that oh, down. Oh yeah. I totally need to watch that. <laughs> 
yeah, it it just reminds me of that as well because I think that's the only teen um, style like show film where there's well no there's obviously horror movies based with teenagers and stuff but um yeah I I don't know it's just funny like taking that teenage angst and then just adding murder to it obviously it's gonna it's just Hannibal basically or or killing Eve <laughs> um so true yeah. So, what did you think of this episode? Well, for this episode, I was, like I said, it's, it's to me, at this point, it's cemented in my head. Like, I've decided, for me, that Will is in love with Hannibal. I even wrote it, it's like, aw, they're in love, he's basically admitted it, Will knows it too, you don't know what yeah. side I'm on, big words to say to another detective, because, um, what if he makes you an accessory? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they're both pretty run with emotions. I'm like, I just, I don't understand how Will can still forgive Hannibal after he killed Abigail. Like, I get understanding Hannibal's perspective, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think, I think it also goes to show just how much love can really lead you down the wrong path because oh, let's yeah. say you know mm-hmm. he does love him and that's the reason he can forgive him for anything that's messed up like <laughs> i think it's because he blames himself i think uh-huh. that's how he justifies hannibal murdering abigail in front of him it was punishment for his betrayal of their supposed love and i think he sees it as that was my fault if i hadn't done that we could have had a different life. Abigail would be here. I could be with Abigail. I could be with Hannibal. And I ruined that. And I think that he's kind of, like, it's not exactly perfect for him. Not, not, it's not laid out like that for him. But I think that's what he's wrestling with when he's trying to decide how he feels about all of this, you know? Because he still loves Hannibal. And he's trying to justify that love despite knowing everything he knows and seeing everything that he's seen, if that makes sense. I'm just, I'm just wrestling with the idea of, like, Will seems well-adjusted enough to <laughs> not go down that, like, avenue of thought of, like, it's my fault. Because if, like, you know, if it, if it were one, you know, you or I, um, and we were in love with someone who was like Hannibal, right, we would not... We would see that and go, are you fucking insane? <laughs> you just killed another person. Like, I don't know, like, there has to be a, a point. But Will doesn't seem to have that line or that point. It just seems to be ever-expanding. Or there could be something else going on where, you know... I think it's... the same way that Hannibal loves Will but is willing to eat him, surely Will can love Hannibal but is willing to capture him and lock him up. Right. And I think I think we understand the kind of, uh, I guess, self-torture that um, Will puts himself through by looking back on his reaction to having killed Garrett Jacob Hobbs and how it instead of him telling himself, I killed a murderer and he needed to die. He just killed his wife. He tried to kill his daughter. I did what I had to do. My murdering him doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me a hero. He didn't go that route. Instead, he saw himself as killing someone and being a bad person for it. 
And yeah. so I already don't trust his uh, ability to um, healthfully assess a situation, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that makes that makes more sense. Yeah, his um, he's born with some sort of skewed brain that's like it's always his fault because he can always see the other person's perspective and exactly yes that's it it's his empathy for the other person that clouds his ability to make a decision on that person or to make a decision on himself and how he views that person so to speak right and i think hannibal and will's relationship shows us people who are on the opposite ends of the empathy spectrum Mm-hmm. And and that's probably why they fit together so well. Yeah. <laughs> Will's doing all the empathizing for both of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I thought it was uh, really beautiful to see Lithuania and where Hannibal, you know, apparently grew up. Like, wow, gorgeous castle and grounds. Yeah. The whole... Being introduced to the European side of Hannibal's history was just great, you know? Yes. I thought it was really interesting. I'm, it's, I'm still not clear on, you know, what happened to Misha and how it happened and why it happened. I just yeah. know it happened. <laughs> Gio says that the guy she had locked up um, ki- ate or killed Misha or whatever. And Will's just like, Okay, how do you know? And she was like, well, Hannibal told me. And he kind of looks at her like, bitch. (laughs) That's where you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then that's where I was like, oh. And then when Bedelia asks him, how did your sister taste? It's like, it it kind of makes me think, well, it's more likely that either Hannibal was forced to eat his sister to survive, or he ate his sister, or he killed his sister, or something. Right. Or maybe this dude was another one of Hannibal's acolytes and he let him take the fall yeah. for something that they did together. Yeah. 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 And it's just, I mean, it's kind of a big mystery. I thought that it was really odd because Chio looks very young and does not look old enough to have been taking care of this guy for so long like when did this happen like when did the sister die how old was hannibal when she died you know you know what i'm saying like i don't understand the timeline <laughs> yeah no i i i remember watching one of the movies with um the the young it was like the young version of hannibal and his that earlier part of his life which it was a good movie um yeah i've and, seen it oh did did that not explain well, yeah, I, it did. The, and I think it was the auntie that raised him, and then. Well, okay, so maybe I did she was watch like it. Seventeen or something. Right, and I thought that she was like the sister was like super, super young, and I mean Hannibal's obviously in his late forties by the time this, you know, yeah. this is all happening, right? And Chio looks to be all of twenty six. So, I'm oh, just like, oh, when did yeah. this happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She wasn't cast very well, maybe. I mean, she does look very young. And I think if she was a little bit older, it would have made more... Um... A little more sense in the time. Yeah, it would have felt heavier. It would have been like, oh, wow, this woman has been here for decades. Right, exactly. And she looks super fresh and yeah. very stylish. I even wrote it. <laughs> Did I write it? Um, 
God, I was just laughing because I'm like, they look like a couple, uh, Will and Chio look like a couple of vampires when they were walking out of his, out of his castle or away from the castle after they killed the, the old man or the murderer, so to speak, that she was keeping hostage. I was like, look at them, a couple of vampires yeah. with, their, with their long coats <laughs> and dark, dark brooding. It was very Twilight-esque. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't like how dark this episode was. I'm like, what is going on? I had to like up the brightness. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. It was very dark. I remember when I first watched this season, the very first time, I think, it, I, before I even met you, and I remember not being bored, but I wasn't paying enough attention. I wasn't paying as much attention because yeah. I think the fact that the story was getting a little... I wasn't understanding the timeline, everything that I kind of just explained right here. And I think subconsciously I was grabbing that, but not really understanding that that's what I was noticing. And that's why it wasn't really holding my attention as much, which is too bad because it was, you know, now that I see it, I'm like, okay, no, I, I get most of it. I still don't get those parts, but I can look past that now and appreciate the rest of the, the episode. Especially... Yeah. Considering they they have that scene with that uh, that rude man, I never ca- caught his name. The one they were having dinner with, and oh my god, he made a charcuterie board out of Dimon's body. I couldn't believe it. Oh, um, Professor Sobliato or something. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. God, what an amazing, what an amazing scene. He was so mean. He was just, just so like. It, it's so terrifying. I think Bedelia was so terrified because yes. he kept fucking up and she was like, shut up, just shut up. <laughs> and, and Hannibal was, you know when Hannibal's a little bit too calm and too nice? Yes. Too, like, I don't know, acting like he reveres the other person. You know something's gonna come. Mm-hmm. Because like, he is so... I think he really likes to pump up the person before he finally takes their life every time. It's so crazy. That's why with Demond, I was so surprised because he didn't wait any waste any time just busting that guy in the head. And I thought, I was like, wow, that's so cold. That was like, there wasn't any pretext except, you know, what happened before he led him to the apartment. But I just like, that was crazy because usually it's like this with all this, you know, flourish and aplomb before he, he finally drops the hammer on someone. Maybe, maybe D- D- Dimon's desire to get close to Hannibal triggered him, like, mm. reminded him of Will a bit too much. I mean, they even have similar hair and, like... Yes! It- oh my god, you're right! I bet that totally, like, he totally reminded him of Will, and he was still really hurt. Shoot, he even, that's the body he used to make the heart for Will. Oh, right. wow. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. That's amazing. That that would be interesting if that were the case. I mean, Hannibal... Yeah. I can imagine getting triggered by something like that for him, you know, to be reminded of, of Will. He really hasn't processed how he feels about it yet. Like, at all. I thought it was very interesting to see Jack talking to Ronaldo about... Uh, Hannibal and how he apparently ruined both of their careers. Nice 
little peek into the aftermath of the bloodbath that was Hannibal's house. Yeah. I like seeing Jack again. He seems more robust. Yeah. He seems... Did did his wife die? I can't remember. Um, I'm not sure we know at this point. Right. No, I'm not sure. But right. um, it does feel like he is... I don't know, like, maybe in the last season he was becoming more and more sure of himself and, like, Hannibal is the guy to catch, but I think now he is sure and he's also, like, not as scared as Patsy or Ronaldo. He, um... He seems a little bit like he's creating... Even, even the the naming of, of him is like, oh, Il Monstro. That's like the Chesapeake Ripper version, right. the Italian version. Whereas yes. Hannibal's just like, yeah, Doctor like to this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, he he's so done with creating this um, sort of I, villain or this uh, symbol for Hannibal. And by like taking that away, he de just destabilizes that power that he they they give him when they call him the monster or the ripper. It's just it's Doctor Lecter. Let's call him by his name and like not actually give him as much power. Maybe right. Yeah. 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 Jack definitely seems way more self aware and aware of his surroundings and less. I don't know. He just seemed like he was not. Like, he was so full of ego, you know, when he was the head of the FBI, whatever, the behavioral unit or whatever. Yeah. So, since he's been brought down a peg or two, I think he's also kind of opened his eyes to the fact that he isn't as good as he thought he was, you know? And I think he's wanting to make up for it now. I don't think he's over here. Neither he nor Will are over here with the FBI's permission. So that's interesting. <laughs> no, I don't think Jack is here to capture Hannibal. I think he wants to punch him back. Well, I, that's because I know that's not what happens. But also, it's so cool to see both Hannibal, um, to see both Will and Jack, like, throw away this, this you know, sense of morality, obligation to the law, to the FBI. Yeah, the rules. actually... They they have personal stakes in this now. Like whether uh-huh. one loves Hannibal or not, it's personal. Jack, it's also personal. Yes, and and that scene definitely cements it that Jack has his own motivations now for being here, and it has less to do. I mean, I'm sure he still cares about all the people that were hurt, but now he has his own personal vendetta that. It, it's his ego. <laughs> I think that's what really drives him. <laughs> right. Let's see. So we talked about the guy that they were keeping hostage or that Chio was keeping hostage. Um, he, I don't know who he was talking to, though. I think, oh, he was talking to Chio. And I think there and in their talks, you know, when when they were talking to each other about Hannibal, I think Will kind of admitted to her his feelings because he had this smile afterward that seemed so warm. But was it like was it real or is he pretending in order to use her? I don't know. No, I, I think- didn't notice that part, but. Um, 
Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I'm. I just. I. I'm. I'm kind of questioning myself here as far as my impression of that scene. But I think that I think they're both kind of in the same boat where, you know, he was tricked into murdering what's his name, uh, the guy that was pretending to be the bear goat man, and then she feels like she was tricked into killing the man that she'd been keeping prisoner because she refused to let Hannibal kill him. And he was like, just waiting for her to do it, you know? And this was how she got like, she's like, you did it for him. You didn't know you were doing it for him, but you did it for him. You got me to to murder him. So I feel like they're both in the same kind of boat. Yeah. Yeah. They're in the Hannibal victims anonymous club. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and Will, you know, saying to her, like, he was curious what she would do, but he is becoming more like Hannibal in how he treats people a little bit. But I think in the end, it's still Hannibal's fault because um, that Chio killed the guy. I think I think Will did just set her free. Maybe. Maybe. Because w- w- Hannibal, he, he, he trapped her with this guy kind of like... You know, I I don't know. It was um, it's interesting how she blames Will, but Will is Hannibal's creation in a way. Yeah, I don't like, think she understands like the relationship that he and and Hannibal have yet. She yeah. says something to Will about Misha that was very interesting to me, considering I don't really understand. So much changes in this story versus the original, right? The canon. Right. So I'm not sure exactly what happened in this scenario, in this universe, what happened with Misha. But she says Misha influenced Hannibal to betray himself. And I'm like, how? How did she do that? You know, she must not have been a child. She must have been old, older. I don't know. I kind of just took that as a metaphor for, like, Misha... um like becoming his food encouraged like so if you were forced in some way by survival to kill your sibling or to kill someone you love their existence twists you into that awkward position if they weren't there then they wouldn't have like they are your reason to survive you ate them but then they're also your reason to become a monster they are the meal with which you transformed. Yeah, I guess so, because in the next scene, which is him and Bedelia, Hannibal says that he needs to eat well to move on. Yeah. So it's like he had to eat Misha to move on, maybe. Yeah. And I and I don't know if if in this story it's also a case of him and Misha were sort of kidnapped or like um taken along by these mercenaries or soldiers and then at the time in Lithuania like they were both orphans or something something terrible happened but um it does seem like there was like a a famine situation going on right and that's why I question it because because of the guy that they were keeping trapped you know I don't remember what language he was speaking was it French yeah I'm not sure I don't remember either I just know he was talking he was saying things and they weren't um uh, they weren't translating it so i don't know what he was saying yeah uh, i would love to know what he's saying i wonder if it's probably in like a website where they translated it to see what he said 
Um, but maybe that would give us clues as to who yeah. he was in the scenario of the sister and why he got saddled with the at least being the perpetrator of her death and the reason she died. I just, you know, I just wonder, like, was, was he one of those soldiers? Like, just wonder. <laughs> I'm lost. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I think we're going to have to research this because it's going to like, you know, stay with me all week. I don't really know. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's going to bother me because I don't remember them resolving those questions for me the first time or the second time I watched it. So I'm very interested in, figuring that part out i wonder if we're not supposed to know because we're not supposed to allow hannibal to excuse himself maybe maybe or maybe or maybe if we do know we can kind of still say you know that wouldn't make a normal person become a cannibal there had to be more to it and will kind of suggest that it wasn't soldiers that actually hannibal blamed them but maybe he was the one who um killed her or maybe they were alone and that happened maybe there weren't soldiers around you know i think i think that's something that i think we could definitely research and maybe let the audience know next time but um in terms of becoming in season two he talks to that nurse who is taking care of will and Mm -hmm. killed hannibal for will or wants to kill hannibal sorry for will do you remember the guy who's to like ties hannibal up and they're at the pool he says to him, oh, um, if I kill you, I become the Chesapeake Ripper. And then Hannibal says, but you have to, you have to eat me. Hmm. Right. And so, like, that, as well as um, Bedelia and Hannibal's conversation at the end of episode three, makes me think, okay, Hannibal has an interesting idea of what it is to... Like, people are not just food. People are not just, like sustenance well, i don't look at chicken or meat and, and go i become the meat like i'm just just protein but for hannibal it seems quite sacred it can be quite sacred and he eats the rude not to become them but then he wants to eat will to forgive him like how do those how does he um yeah like where's the yeah. where's the link where's the pattern yeah there's no like the yeah. answer for everything is eat him. <laughs> yeah, love it, eat it. Hate it, eat it. Rude, eat it. Does it matter? No, eat it. It matters. It's the love of your life. Eat it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I am a little confused as to his motivations for eating people when he gives everything the motivation to eat someone. It's, 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 it's always time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. I'm really happy we're on to season three. It's exciting. I'm hoping that we get some answers to some of our questions soon, hopefully, maybe by next episode. Yeah. Um, So I guess we'll see everybody next week. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And um, we will see you guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.